Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you have your Bibles, we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. This uh, Corinthian letter is a corrective letter to the church in Corinth. And, and uh, if you remember way back as we were reading, they were carnal Christians. They, you know, went to church. The church services were in a bit of a disarray in many different ways. And, uh, uh, you know, there were things going on in the church that shouldn't have been, as we talked about before. And, uh, and so Paul is correcting the Corinthian church about some strange things that are going on. And as we've been going through, he's been talking about those things. And so he's now talking about uh, their ignorance about spiritual gifts. And uh, if someone were to ask me, Pastor Bob, what do you think is, you know, the top five topics that Christians in America are ignorant about? Um, I don't know what they would be, but I think gifts might be in the top five. <laughs> and so in chapter 13, uh, he said, the greatest of these is love, right? Faith, hope, love, the greatest of these is love. And uh, you know, he talked about how love should be the motivation for everything we do in church. And if love is not what's motivating what we're doing, then, then it's not reflecting God's design for church. And, and so last week, 1 Corinthians 13, we talked about how he talked about having spiritual gifts isn't the end-all be-all. He said in 1 Corinthians 13, 1, it says, Though I speak with tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. So as he talked about love and Chapter 13, the very first verse of chapter 13 talks about if you speak in tongues, but you don't have love, it's just like, I wish uh, we had a symbol over here. I could just like clang it, and it's like, ah, oh, it's just obnoxious, most people think, except for the drummer. And, and so he's saying, it's just noise, right? Uh, and then he goes on to say in verse 2, and though I have gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could move mountains, but I have not love, I am Nothing. Now he's talking about a person in the church. He's saying, if you're in church and you don't have love and you can do all this stuff, it means nothing to God. In verse 3, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. He's saying that in God's eyes, if you're feeding the poor and, and you know, giving your body as a sacrifice, but you're not doing it out of love, the right motivation, it, it profits, it benefits you or nobody else. And so now he picks it up in chapter 14, and he is talking about spiritual gifts in church, right, getting together, and he has three ideas here in chapter 14. Uh, one of them is edification, that uh, the motivation for gifts should be to edify, that should be the center of using gifts, and for that to happen, there has to be understanding. He's going to talk about uh, understanding has to be involved for edification to take place, uh, it can't be out of control, emotionally driven, uh, you know, for that to take place. And then third idea here we're going to see in chapter 14 is that everything must be done decently and in order. Now, some people might say, well, decently in order is up for interpretation. Well, not to God, right? So he's going to give some specifics. So he starts out in verse 1. You're like, whoo, was that the intro? Yeah, all right. So verse 1, he says, he starts out again, 
pursue love, right? So he's saying, look, most important thing, pursue love. Desire spiritual gifts, so you should want spiritual gifts, desire them, but especially that you may prophesy. Now, here he is talking about using spiritual gifts in a church service, right? So he starts out with pursue love. So we learned last week, if you've been here the last couple of weeks, love is more than a feeling, right? And agape love speaks about love suffering long, is patient, kind, all those things. And basically, you could summarize it is that love is others first and yourself second or last. Paul's talking about here that God has given us some structure, right? So uh, he says we need to pursue love. So that's the first thing. Everything that has to do with church and doing church, love needs to be the motivation. Number two, uh, he talks about in verse one, he says, desire spiritual gifts. So we should pray, Lord, I want spiritual gifts. Give them to me. And then uh, number three, he says, especially that you may prophesy. So prophecy, and uh, if you are not aware, is men speaking forth the word of God through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now, maybe you're thinking of a prophet in the Old Testament where it's predictive, but it can be predictive, but it's not exclusively predictive. It's not always foretelling the future, right? It can just be foretelling the word of God. And the word of God, I mean, I can tell you your future. The wages of sin is death, but the, you know, the gift of Jesus Christ is eternal life, right? So, I mean, that's foretelling your future. But there's a difference between a prophet and, and prof- the gift of prophecy. In Revelation 19.10, he says, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What does that mean? Well, in Revelation 19, I believe it's talking about all, all prophecy in the Bible centers around the person of Jesus Christ. The Old Testament prophecies centered around the person of Jesus, the coming Messiah, the prophecies about the Messiah that was going to come, and the second coming of the Messiah. And so when you think about prophecies in the Bible, uh, they are all centered around Jesus. Even if they're around Jerusalem, those are connected to the first coming and the second coming. So Paul is now comparing the gift of tongues with the gift of prophecies. Now, uh, He's talking about in church, right? Because the Corinthians were carnal, right? And so if you were to think about the gift of prophecy, speaking God's word, teaching God's word, or speaking in tongues, you know, you would get the idea, as we're going to read in this chapter, that the Corinthians kind of thought that speaking in tongues was more spiritual. And so he goes on in verse 2, and he says, For he who speaks in a tongue, he brings it up, does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mystery. So uh, speaking in tongues, he brings it up in verse 2, the gift of tongues is a gift whereby God enables a person to communicate to him in the Spirit. So some people call it a prayer language because, as he says in verse 2, I have an underline in my Bible, uh, whoever speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. So uh, many times uh, when we pray, we just don't know what to pray or we don't have the words to pray. And so uh, we can you know, pray in the Spirit without the gift of tongues. But gift of tongues is a specific language, a God-given language, where people can express their gratitude, their thankfulness towards God. And notice it's to God when a person is praying in an unknown tongue, not speaking to men, but it's speaking to God. Now, the direction is important. When a person speaks in tongues, it's to God. It's upward, right? So if a person speaks in tongues at church, the interpretation should be what? To God. So the interpretation will always be towards God, the direction of God. Uh, for example, in Acts 2, 4, it says, And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking with other tongues. Then they were amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Cretans and Arabs, uh, we hear them speaking in our own tongues 
the wonderful works of God. So they hear them speaking in tongues, and what are they doing? They're hearing the wonderful works of God. So in 1 Corinthians 14, 16, we're going to read a little ways down where it says, otherwise, if you bless with the Spirit, or speaking in the tongues, how will one who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks since he does not understand what he says? For you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. So uh, the proper interpretation of speaking in tongues is always going to be directed towards God. You know, whether it's giving thanks or giving praise or blessings toward God or praising God for his blessings, those sort of things. Paul's going to say what you feel like is not what dictates how the church should function. So he goes on in verse 3. But he who prophesies, so he talks about speaking in tongues. What are you doing? Praying to God. Uh, but he who prophesies speaks, what does he do? Edification and exhortation and comfort to who? To men. So prophecy is opposite direction of tongues. Tongues is to God, upward. Prophecy is toward man, not from God, right? And so when prophecy is given from God to man, it always accomplishes these three things that he says in verse 3, that it, it brings edification. It builds people up in the church. It's exhortation. It stirs us up to take action. It comforts us, right? It lifts us up, our spirits. And so prophecy is beneficial to the church. Verse 4, he says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies who? himself. But he who prophesies edifies who? The church. So a person prays in tongues edifies himself. person who prophesies edifies the church. Now that's why Paul's going to say, I would rather that you prophesy because it edifies everyone else. Verse 5, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesy, for he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues. Now why is that? Well, uh, the basic thing, right? When, When you're in church and uh, you know, someone is, is praying in tongue, right? The people don't understand it, and it's edifying yourself. But when someone prophesies, it's bringing exhortation, edification, and comfort to the whole body. And remember, when we talked about the gifts, what's the purpose of the gifts? To edify the body of Christ. And so verse 5, he says, unless indeed, so tongues doesn't bodif- uh, uh, edify unless, there is a, 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 a verse 5, unless indeed he, in, uh, he interprets that the church may receive edification. So if someone interprets when the person prays in tongue, then, uh, then that can edify the church. Verse 6, but now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophecy, or by teaching? Even things without life, whether flute or harp, when they make a sound, unless they make a distinction in the sound, how will it be known what is piped or played? So Paul has given this illustration. Look, if I speak in tongues here with everybody at church, how does that benefit anybody if no one understands it? And so he's saying uh, in verse 8, for if a trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? Now that might seem weird to you in verse 8, but in those days they didn't have cell phones, right? So how did they communicate to their army? They had trumpets, right? And so they would play a, a certain melody to prepare for battle. I don't know what it was. On the cowboy movies my mom used to watch when I was a kid, you know, dun dun dun, dun I don't know what it was. And then when they went to battle, there was a something, I can't remember, that was a long time ago. And then retreat was a thing, but everybody knew what it was, right? But if someone just got on the trumpet and started just, right, he's just, what does that mean? Nothing. <laughs> and so that's what he's saying. And so he's saying, <clears throat> if someone blows a trumpet, but they don't play a melody and no one knows what it means, they're not, it's not going to accomplish anything or do anything. Verse 9, so likewise you, unless you utter by the tongue, words easy to understand. Now, I love that. Verse 9, easy to understand. Now, you should underline that because I heard a pastor on the radio one time say, I would love to explain to you salvation and how you can start a personal relationship with Jesus, but it is so complicated, one hour is not enough time. Now, 
I don't think that what Paul's saying to the church at Corinth is that you need to make your teaching super complex that no one can understand it. In verse 9 when it says, so likewise, unless you utter by tongue words easy to understand. You know what, those, what, it, what it means, easy to understand in the Greek? It means easy to understand, <laughs> right? How will they then know what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. So he's just reiterating in verse 9, if someone speaks in tongues at church and there's no interpretation, it's just like noise in the air. No one's being edified, right? And so he says over and over again that the gifts, when God gives us gifts, they're for the purpose of edifying the body of Christ. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell is now hiring full-time and part-time positions for our exciting Calvary Kids Learning Center. If you enjoy working with children from newborn through kindergarten, please give us a call at 453-9653. Positions are Monday through Friday with our availability to fit your schedule. To learn more about these exciting opportunities, please call 453-9653. We look forward to meeting with you. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on the CW channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you and may you have a great day. Today is the day you